0: Welcome to the RVA Returners podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. All about like I normally do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, dude, yesterday was a lot of fun, but I'm I'm most certainly exhausted. It was it was a lot to do. That's for sure. I I couldn't get out of bed today. Yeah, me neither. No, but I did. And you know why I got out of bed today? Cuz we have a new episode of the RVA Returners podcast. We are back. We are back in the saddle. I'm your host Chris Adams with me as always is Adam Lane. Adam, how you doing today? Uh, also tired.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we had a we had a long day yesterday, man, but it was a lot of fun. Of course, we know, we're talking about the uh, the cauldron Cup event that we had up in Fredericksburg at your hobby place. But you know, we'll dive into that more. but we're gonna go ahead and get into and like how we like to always start, and that's with you know what's coming Adam. <laughs> do I? the news. Yeah. Right, so headlines today—you know—the Cauldron Cup was big, but we had a bigger thing happen this week. Uh, we got our first standard bannings this week. Adam, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we had talked about this on a podcast like a couple weeks ago, right?
0: Yeah. How funny is that? How funny is that?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, we we weren't we didn't think they were going to happen this soon, right? Like I I I had hoped like they were going to happen around this time, but I, my guess would have been Afterworlds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course we're talking about uh Gesper and Thaumaturge both getting hit with the band hammer this week. Um, what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on this? I, well, just go ahead and walk me through like, you know, what, what you think, you know, just from top to bottom, the the um, you know, the impact that's gonna have on, you know, standard moving forward, the impact that's gonna have on worlds, and let's talk about the uh you know, just, just kind of, you know, the mindset. You know, that a square and a community is taking behind, you know, now, now that we know these things are, are, are going to happen, that they can happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, let, let's talk about that. But let's start, you know, what do you think the impact of it is moving forward and the stand? Uh,
1: I mean, first off, it's it's a great thing, I think. Um, while you might not, while people might not agree that it was like the most like oppressive at competitive play because it wasn't winning everything. Mm-hmm. It was definitely terrible for local scenes. Like, it it made a lot of people quit the game. Uh, there were several people that I've talked to had people like, like their scenes had people leave the game because it was just not fun to play against at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's like the number one thing. Uh, I, obviously that, that was the main reason this got banned. Um, it was just, it caused these games where they were uninteractive. Right. And I, we covered this on the, the podcast a couple weeks ago. And I think our points kind of held true or, or at least, I know, like, my points, I think, held true. And that was their reasoning, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Was that it was, like, first and foremost, unfun. As far as, like, um, the meta, uh, it's wide open now. Like, now, when you're building a deck, at least as of December 1st, right? Because these go into effect December 1st. Yep. December 1st. Um, you don't have to just be like, can I beat Turbo? Like, it doesn't have to be like, does this deck just fold up to Turbo? Like, that isn't even a mm-hmm. question you have to ask yourself anymore when you're making a deck. And it's going to allow decks to get a little bit greedier. Um, They could play cards that pretty much had no business being played in the last meta. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think everything's pretty wide open.
0: Yeah, I do too, right? Because I I think, you know, like you hit the nail right on the head when you said that, you know, and this is something that we had been doing since Opus 6. You know, every time we put a deck together or wanted to build something, we were like, oh, this can't beat Turbo, and I'm not sacrificing a match against the probably against the best deck in the format. Yep. So a lot of a lot of stuff was just off the table. And you know, as we've seen in recent events, you know, yesterday being a great example, turbo is just, was just something that needed to go. It just it you know, it would it would destroy casual scenes. It would really create these just just these weird mindsets for competitive scenes as well because you have to you couldn't you couldn't prepare for a tournament without having to at least test the turbo matchup until you didn't want to look at the cards anymore, or at least consider playing it yourself. And by that I mean, do I want to play a deck that at its worst, at its absolute worst, has a 50-50 matchup with everyone?
1: Yeah. And I mean, uh, another thing to note, so I mean we said the two cards that were banned were Gesper and mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I agree with the Thalmaturge banning 100%, but I get it, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, I mean, it definitely made things more impressive. I think if Gesper leaves, Turbo is still a kind of a playable deck, but I think now that Thalmaturge is gone, it's gonna, I don't think the deck even exists
0: anymore. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think it's for the better, because I think there are just better ice builds that at least let you play the game, and that was the problem. Yeah. Turbo did not let you play the game, if... Turbo hit its nuts, which it could as as the game as the deck evolved. It was getting more and more consistent at hitting its opening nuts. You just don't get to play. So there was nothing worse than you know you you fly across the country to go play in a tournament, or you you know you drive fifteen hours to go play in a tournament, or or you know you just go up the street and you spend twenty five dollars to maybe maybe play the game for a combined fourteen minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me that was the problem. And the like you said, you know, scenes were having people quit the game because they did not want to just be involved with something that oppressive. Was it not winning all the competitive events? No, but it was always there.
1: Right. And it was always a consideration for a lot of really good players, even though they like hated it, right? Exactly. And, and that and that says exactly. a lot too. Uh I guess the other point that we should touch on with the bannings is that worlds will be played on a format that does include these two cards.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and, I guess. And what are your? No, go ahead.
1: I was gonna let you speak on it first.
0: I was gonna say because you know I, I see both sides of the coin. I see in the fact that you know the the stage has been set for worlds for a little bit a, a little bit of time now, and people have spent the time testing this deck, testing decks to play against the deck. So you don't you don't want all that work to kind of go out the window, right? Mm-hmm. All those all those man hours that teams have put in. But also at the same time, too, you know, the worry is there that people playing Turbo at Worlds is going to, like, if they're playing this deck that's now going to have banned cards in it, does it does it tarnish their credibility, if that makes sense? And I, and I know that's a fear, because it's like, oh, you, you won Worlds with banned cards, or, yeah. or, you know, you had a strong showing. But at the same time, too, it's like, well, a lot of these people got there on banned card on now quote-unquote banned cards. So it's, 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 I, what am I trying to say here? Like, I get it because this is kind of like the, the end of that season. Yeah. But at the same time too, I, I think it's going to make worlds a little on the boring side. And I, and I think that's a problem.
1: Right. And, and the, the funny thing is, is it really the end of the season? Cause they're going to be playing Opus uh, 7, right? And we haven't really had an yeah, Opus so 7 it,
0: event at all. So. Right. So is it the end of a season or the. The beginning of a new season. Yeah, so they're you know what I
1: mean. They're playing on a format that this is the only place this format's gonna be played on. Like at a on a mm-hmm. at a square Enix event. On an official right? level. Yep. Um which I think doesn't make too much sense to me. Uh I don't think mm-hmm. that many people would have complained at Worlds if they had just banned it right out. I mean, I get it, yeah, if you put mm-hmm. in a lot of work and if Turbo was one of your stronger decks, you're gonna be disappointed. Um mm-hmm. but now I think it as someone watching worlds from the outside it makes it less interesting Mm -hmm. to view i think because now we're viewing a a format that literally no one else is going to play um exactly where and then new players that you're telling like hey our worlds are happening check it out watch the stream uh you know look at the twitch it's going to blow up like this game's getting bigger and now they're going to watch that and they're going to see that deck and they're going to either think like a couple things right like you're going to be like oh well that deck's really aggressive I like to play aggressive I want to play that deck and then you ha- then they have to be told well that deck's going to die because you just lost two of the cards got banned and it's just not banned for this event and then yep. the other side is like wow this deck looks really dumb I don't want to play this game right
0: yeah and those are like the, t-
1: the two worst things yeah. in my mind like going through people watching the stream that are trying to get into the game um, so I would have either have liked to have seen them just ban it right out And be like alright worlds players Like you got what Three four weeks to prepare Gasper and Thaumaturge are banned um, mm-hmm.
0: Or just not announce the ban till after world
1: Exactly or yeah j- just Ban on December 1 and be like Effective immediately and then go ahead and announce Like your December event if that's Like if they have a petite cup or something I would have just done it that way I think mm-hmm. uh, not Not that I'm mad at what they did I 100% support the decision to ban these cards. Um, mm-hmm. I do too, and I don't know very many people that are arguing for the cards. So, um, yeah, I mean, that I mean that's my thought on it. And, and again, I don't think I think it was kind of a catch twenty two situation, right? Like because people are going to complain either way you do it. So, right
0: now, do you think? Um I guess the la- the last point when it comes to stuff like this, and we again, we briefly touched on this you know, a couple episodes ago. Does this become a slippery slope, or does this just make you more aware that I don't... Square is watching the progression of the game, and they want to make sure that it's fun at every level, from kitchen yeah. table play to tournament table play?
1: I think they were very careful about how they went about this ban. Uh, people have been calling for it for a while, and I'm glad they took time. I mean, you know, even, we, like, I, I think I jumped on the band train probably, like, a month and a half ago, I guess. mm mm-hmm. um, And it seemed like they really, like, tested it out. They really saw, like, that it was a problem. Especially, mm-hmm. like you said, especially in the casual play. The people that are coming to the LGSs and playing in their weeklies. And they're getting smashed by this deck. And they're not even, you know, and I think they even said it in the article they wrote. Like, it just doesn't feel like you're playing Final Fantasy, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You're just getting smashed, and you don't get to play any cards. You're just dead. Yep. And it's and it's pretty consistently doing that. Like you know, if you play a if you play one game like that every now and then, you're like, okay, fine. He just drew really well. He had every answer yeah. for the first three turns, and I was dead. And he was playing an aggro deck. But against mm-hmm. Turbo, it was such a consistent like beating mm-hmm. um, that it was. I think it was a problem. And I think the main, like I said, I think the main reason that these cards are gone is because they weren't fun, and they were. Limiting people from starting to play the game, and if you want the game to grow, that's something you have to think about.
0: Yep. So, and but and on the flip side of that, like it it does, it does make us, it does let us know that Square is keeping an eye on things. Oh yeah. So you know, like if something else becomes unfair or oppressive or starts to become the thing, and but but I guess what I'm trying to say is. does the line get drawn somewhere? Like, what happens, you know, three months from now if everybody's complaining about Donaluma Cactar the way they were complaining about Turbo? Right. Does I, that mean change comes down the horizon? Well, or? I, I hope
1: that they take that into account and they do their testing again, right? Um, mm-hmm. My my biggest issue, like, at least with the cards that got banned, mainly Gesper, really, was uh, he just allowed the deck to play a game it should be able to play and he just erased your answers by forcing you to discard them uh at least those other cards like like Layla that they, you know people are complaining about Layla and Dotaluma and Cactuar um mm-hmm. if they get set up they're super oppressive but they have to get to that point and then dodge a lot of the answers up to that point not that there's like a ton of answers right like obviously Dotaluma is something you have to think about when you're building your deck same with Vikings mm-hmm. right um so I don't mind them because they don't those cards don't make you feel like it, you're not playing the game up to that point, but they can yep. get to a point where you do feel like you're, you're locked out, right?
0: hmm So that's the difference to think, me. And this may be a hot take, but I think a card like Yuri is something that people may have to look at moving forward. Just to, And again, this is me playing devil's advocate here. I, I'm, I'm all for bannings and restrictions and erratas when they're necessary for the health of the Right. but I, I I am also one of those people that worries that if it becomes a thing where the outcry becomes so big on something or a card becomes so powerful that it becomes the only strategy that play okay. where at what point do you have to not start looking at the cards but start looking at the people behind the cards that are making and testing or 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 not doing that if that makes sense
1: yeah and i I, I think they were really careful about this I think I mean I've said that a couple times now. So I'm hoping going forward, if this happens again, they're also extremely careful about how they test and like really make sure that something is oppressive or ruining a portion of the player base. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if they come to that decision, then I'll probably be fine with it. If that's if like you know, Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah. So you know, we don't want to beat that dead horse. You know, we'll we'll revisit this on the 1st or we'll revisit it after worlds to see well, you know what kind of impact it has on that as far as from a from a viewership standpoint from a um from an entertainment standpoint from you know we'll, and then we'll revisit it again after the 1st when we see what you know what the meta actually shakes up into because i agree with you i think it's wide open and i think now people can dust off deck ideas or try deck ideas that were literally unplayable until december 1st yep so we'll see how that goes but another big piece of news we had a really really large event yesterday and that was the cauldron cup I know we had been hyping that up for a few weeks and yesterday it finally uh, came to fruition excuse me what a fantastic event we had 52 players and I know like you know when you look at card games and think oh that's a pretty minuscule number oh man for like for an event that wasn't like an official square event like we, we were close to like Toronto numbers we that was more than petite cup numbers
1: yeah. I so think, it was a
0: really strong sized event.
1: Yeah, I think maybe outside of California that's probably the biggest unofficial event that I've seen. I yeah. and, and I'd have to like double check the California numbers, but I'm pretty sure they've had an event about that size. They have a pretty large player base. But um,
0: absolutely and it was it was a really good event, you know, and big shout out to Colin Rupert for winning our event yesterday. He was playing Mono Water for Soya. Um just really had strong play throughout the day and yeah. you know a big shout out to all the top eight players. You know, um, Michael Tia finished second. You know, he's one of the newer players up in Nova. Uh, Steven Arboleta finishing in top four. You know, just really, really solid play. Oh, RVA is Colin Coughlin finishing top eight. Adam Duncan, returner himself, finishing top eight. So really, really strong event and really unique. I mean, there were four Fasoya decks in the top eight, but they were all different.
1: Yeah, three three were pretty similar, right? But, yeah, I mean...
0: Yeah, they were all mono water, just different breakdowns.
1: Yeah, different breakdowns of, like, numbers and such. Pretty similar forwards, though, for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, that's a very strong archetype right now, I believe. And, yeah, I think it's going to stay pretty strong even after Turbo is gone, so...
0: Absolutely. And, you know, just a big, 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 big shout-out to, you know, Tiege, Travis, really... You know putting this event together doing a lot of the footwork i know he did a lot of stuff out of pocket to really make this event fun for everybody and we had people we had sam and ken fly up from georgia you know hunter drove up from north carolina uh pennsylvania the gamers heaven guys brought 12 people down
1: you yeah, it so it was great.
0: was in attendance sova was in attendance it was a huge huge event from people all over the place
1: it also i mean it showed how big our scene is too i think um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Pennsylvania brought a brought a pretty good handful of people. I think around twelve, like you said. Hunter came out from North Carolina. Sam and uh, his buddy from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, what that still leaves like forty people or something that are just from Virginia. Yeah, I mean, so that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah this this event was bigger than the ARG Charlotte event where we all kind of got our feet wet. Yeah. So. So it was a great time, you know, we streamed all day, I know uh, we, we had a little hiccup with the uh, the video on demand, again, we just can't seem to catch a break from <laughs> Twitch right now.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we know the issue with this one, uh, so hopefully they get an answer back, because I, I figured out what it was. Um, and this
0: came from, this was on the Turks, not our
1: Yeah, I, I streamed on their channel, because they wanted to stream through their channel, and I mean, it's their event, so I'm not gonna, you know, that's yeah. what they wanted to do um mm-hmm. but it was a new channel that they had set up and there was a box that uh we forgot to turn on um and we thought it was default uh and then I realized that after the event was over it was not a default box so uh they've contacted Twitch hopefully they can like retrieve their vod and upload it to their YouTube channel cuz I don't want to lose another really good vod of a really good tournament especially that one yeah
0: so yeah we've had two two weeks in a row where you know we've streamed these amazing events and you know, the first one, we don't even know what the hell happened. It just, it was there and then it just disappeared. Yeah. And then this week it just never, it was just never there in the first place. But, you know, we actually had a lot of viewers, you know, you know, we had, you know, 20 plus viewers in the, in the stream almost at all times. I think we spiked um, around of-
1: 45 and yeah, we were pretty yeah. stable, like 25, 30.
0: And that's awesome, man! And a huge shout out too to to um, you know James Lockwood and Matt Rice providing us with that emergency yeah. pizza pizza lunch drop. That was parachuting pretty
1: awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome actually. Like, yeah, big shout out yeah, to Yeah, it was guys.
0: awesome. And it's just it's just a big you know, just a big just thank you to the community for you know just tuning in to what we were doing, and I know everybody had a good time. Um, you know, we, we initially wanted to cut to top sixteen, but you know, the, the event was long. I'm I mean, glad I, that I I w- didn't
1: I'm glad we didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. If we, if we would have started maybe around like noon, I think it would have been doable. But man, when I didn't get home, you know, and, and this place is only like 45 minutes away, so you know, the fact that I didn't get home and in bed until almost after two a.m. after you know getting up at like seven a.m. that day and having to you know make a day of it, I you know, it was. It was just a, a just a great day, and if you know, if we'd have done top sixteen, man, I probably wouldn't have gotten home till three four in the morning. Yep. But it was a great event. Can't wait for the next one, and you know the you know the next one's right around the corner. We've got the Supernova Cup next week up in uh, Northern Virginia. That will be running the two deck euros format, and I'll actually get to play in an Opus Seven event. I'm real excited.
1: Yeah, it should be a good time. I'll be streaming again. I think Michael's <laughs> going to commentate with me, so. Should be fun. It's a, it's
0: a labor. It's a labor of love. Yep. So, but it's going to be a good time, and I can't wait for that. Um. So hopefully we'll get another good turnout for that, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh. That's really all the news we have for today. So two. You know, not a lot of news, but big pieces of news. Um. So what we want to do really for the the meat of this program is we actually wanted to have a little bit of fun today. Um. We want you know one of the things we like to do is we like to compare things and talk about stuff and make lists of things and we've done a couple top tens before um, which i think is about time to revisit a lot of this stuff so I figure we're going to start with something a little fun we're going to talk about s abilities and we're going to talk about what we th- our, our personal top 10 s abilities are granted this is a, this is a completely subjective list and there's probably some that we've missed because there are a yeah. lot of really good s abilities
1: and I just want yeah I just want to say that this is in uh like we're talking about standard play not like title yes. or
0: anything else like these are yeah because title makes it a completely different ball game we're yeah. talking about just standard constructive play
1: yeah um so, oh, go ahead yeah so I was gonna say we both have our list but I just wanted to talk about a couple like S abilities that aren't on either of our lists that like
0: mm-hmm. a couple honorable mentions.
1: They they and well they're more like they their S's that their characters don't see play but I think their S's are strong but there are reasons mm-hmm. like they don't kind of get slotted into decks. Oh um, sure sure. So it it just, yeah, just really quick so like uh, I think number one for me is status reels I think that's a the big mm-hmm. one I think that S ability oh, yeah. yeah I think that S ability is amazing problem is um if you're playing water and you're not playing backup Waka, that's probably not good. Um, yep. Maybe if Guardians become like really good, which I don't foresee happening, forward Waka might be okay, but they also got the new backup Waka, so I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one that wasn't on either one of our lists that I think is uh, actually does see some play and is very good is Gaia's Wrath. That's um, Ridia's S, the one that you can pitch mm-hmm. uh, summons to. Um, yep. I think that's a pretty good one. Um, Snakebite didn't make either one of our lists, mm-hmm. um, and that's a big one. Um, I don't think Bashido Fang was on either error list, and I actually think that Cyan Special is pretty good. But I just think yep. it's hard to find slots for Cyan in your deck. Exactly. Um, and then the the one that I, I like a lot, and I've played a couple decks, is Living Dead, and that's um Special. Yep. I think that one is very good. And uh, doesn't see enough play. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. So it just
0: goes to show that there are just a lot of powerful S abilities in this game. Something that can just, just change the, the the pace of a game just by themselves. Yep. Alright, so I guess if we want, we can go ahead and dive right in. Adam, we'll start with you. What is your number 10?
1: So my number 10 is Strongest Sword. Mm-hmm. Um, It barely made the cup for me. There was a lot of things that I was kind of trying to juggle like what to put in this slot. Um, mm-hmm. And While Golbez doesn't see a ton of play right now, I mean when it did, it was really good. It's a very cheap S. It's just S and tap. Mm -hmm. Uh, he has Brave, so he can do it after attacking. Um and you cater your deck to it so that your probability of whiffing is like almost none. Exactly. Uh, And you're just gonna break something. So um I I mean, and there's a ton of Gilgameshes, right? Like so many Gilgameshes Mm -hmm. to pitch this
0: ability, which makes it pretty strong. Yeah. It yeah, makes it extremely consistent. Um, that's actually on my list as well. It's not my number 10. Uh, my number 10 is actually Arise. That is uh, Lina's special. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, Lina's a very powerful card. And while in regular Mono Water, it doesn't really see a lot of play. Um, in, like, the Mono Water Monsters builds, being able to bring back, like, Kefka or bring back something that's, you know because this gets back any forward except light and dark, you know, you can just bring back a big beefy, you know, guy that has a great ETB trigger and just completely can change the, the pace of the game. So yep. I, I think it's always been a very solid S ability. Yeah. Rise is further up on mine too. Uh, not by much. Nice. nice. Well, we'll go with uh we'll go with number nine. I'll, I'll lead off on this one. My number nine is silent verse from the, um, opus five backup Edward. Um, there aren't many counter spells in this game, and sometimes when you hit somebody with Silent Verse, it ju- it just it's the blowout because they're really looking that summon to push through for the victory, and then you're just like, nope, and it's just it's just an S and tap, like it's a very cheap S ability, and it, it can just be backbreaking.
1: Yeah, that's higher up on my list as well. Uh, Not my nice. my yeah, my number nine is Rising Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. I think Saban's S is very strong. Uh, I think it's just. Sometimes hard for you to put three Sabins in your deck right now, uh, but mm-hmm. th- I don't think that makes his special any weaker. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you get it off, because because he makes himself unbreakable, it's basically gonna almost be a one-sided board wipe. Uh, yep. You might you might lose like one of your guys, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's really good. Eight uh, K to the board is a pretty relevant number. Um, you are spending six CP on it if you count the copy of Saban as two CP, but. I mean, every time I've done it, it's been kind of a blowout. So.
0: Yeah, usually when you hit Rising Phoenix, it the game's over. And uh, actually, that one's higher up on my list as well. Um, so uh, I guess we'll we'll keep going down the train. Adam, what is your number eight? So my number eight is a
1: rise. Um, kind of mm-hmm. for the same nice. reason. I think I think the big thing about a rise is uh, you can get any element that's not light or dark. Uh, mm-hmm. if you could get light or dark, you'll be so
0: busted. Probably be busted if uh, you could
1: get Yeah, because you imagine like bringing back a Nidhog, But, like... Oof. um, I mean, bringing back a Kefka is pretty bro- gross, too. Like, that's that's going to, like, probably win you the game. Uh, just getting big targets in your graveyard and then just hitting them for basically a discount uh, mm-hmm. just at the cost of, like, a Lena is pretty yep. good. I mean, it's a it's Lena and, like, what? Four
0: water, I think. Two. Oh, uh, yeah, Elena and four water, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, I mean... Technically on Kefka that's still a two CP discount. So Exactly. I mean, and then you can bring back other high priority targets that are just gonna kill something like Cloud of Darkness, stuff like that. So yeah. it's really good.
0: Absolutely. Uh my number eight is I also one of my favorite S abilities in the game, and that's Blitz Ace. Um you know, so many times, anytime you're running this guy's like he's your win condition and the fact that you can just take the damage get up to six clear the way and then boom this you know here comes Titus is swinging in for six um blitz ace can because like, when, when sometimes when it happens there's just nothing you can do about it you just have to sit there and eat all six or seven points of damage that are coming coming your opponent's way so it's just it's just a super powerful effect and it, it does this this is one of those ones that it just straight up wins you the game when you win it with
1: yeah, Blitz Ace uh, barely didn't make my list, but uh yeah, I think it is a strong S. Uh yeah, and like you said, it's a win con. Uh you mm-hmm. have to like cater your deck to it a tad bit. But mm-hmm. but when you do, like, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think now with all of these other copies of Titus that are actually playable, we could see a resurgence of Blitz Ace, especially now with Turbo on its way out. It's possible. Yeah. All right. What's uh? So I guess we're gonna go ahead and go on to uh, your. You're on number seven now, right?
1: Yeah, it'll be yours first, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. So my number seven is actually was your number ten. It's strongest sword. Um, I think this is a very very powerful effect. It also due to the number of Gilgameshes that are out there, the fact that you can do this like fourteen times, really, or something like that. More than that now. Yeah, like, and nice. that's, and it's just a straight break effect, and it's just extremely powerful. And the fact that he can do it while he's attacking to potentially, you know, remove what would normally be an unfavorable block, like, it's just a just a super powerful ability.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, my number seven is actually, it was on your list too, and that's uh, Silent Verse. Um, nice. I think it's the best. I, I know you're probably going to have one higher on your list because mm-hmm. you haven't said it yet. But I think it's mm-hmm. the best cancel, like, uh, counter spell in the game. Just mm-hmm. just because it's on a backup, mm-hmm. it has no additional cost other than a copy of itself. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it's a blowout. Like, you cancel a big summon in this game, you probably just win. Uh, yep,
0: and uh, this actually is the only counter, because I think it, I agree with you, it is the best counter spell in the game, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just really, really strong. It, it is a blowout. All right, so number six. My number six is one that you're you're very familiar with, and I I think it's one that's uh very very back breaking when it hits, and that's death penalty. Yeah. Um, I think if you're playing mono Earth that runs Vincent, you're running you're running enough Vincents to really make this thing just a just a critical blow when it hits, because this is another one very much like Blitz Ace. When you get it off, you've wiped their board, and you're just gonna win. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then uh, akin to. Uh gilgamesh right if you have yuffie out you're gonna do this post it like before they get the block after you attack and
0: exactly. that's
1: also really good but yeah that's that's actually higher on my list so i'll go into more detail when we get up nice. there so yeah, it,
0: it's it's very very powerful
1: yep i mean i play a lot of title it's really good in title <laughs> it's, no, it's can...
0: insane in title
1: um but yeah i mean you can easily run six uh vincents and standard like, that's not hard to do you sure can um so my number six is planet protector uh, kind of akin to um, Silent Verse, right? It's just a blowout. Uh, it's cheap. It's the same. It costs the same as Silent Verse. Uh, just one call, co- just the cost of an Aerith. And not only are you probably gonna cancel something, cause that's usually what you're gonna use it for. Um, mm-hmm. you're also gonna ready all your forwards. Uh, so I mean, it- it's pretty insane. And again, you you kind of just win the game a lot of times. Like if if someone tries to cast a Raiden or a Bahamut on you, like the nine CP. And mm-hmm. they target two of your forwards, and you just S and ready your forwards. I mean, they're they probably just lost,
0: <laughs> like. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree with that. It's very very powerful. Um. Uh, so now moving on to number five. Uh, my number five was actually a little bit uh lower on your list, and that's Rising Phoenix. Um, this is definitely a a homer pick for me because Saban is my favorite card in the game. But I I can't tell you how many games I have won off of that, that I probably should have lost off of a rising Phoenix just mm-hmm. to just, again, it does turn into a one-sided board wipe. And then your opponent can never recover after that because now, now they're, you know, they've, they've lost all of these forwards and now they've got a Saban beating them down. It's every- yep. really, really powerful stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, my number five is, uh, death, uh, a Dia special.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Um, yeah, I mean it. It is kind of expensive, right? It's four CP and a copy of a Dia. It's four lightning CP and a copy of a Dia. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it just breaks whatever you want. Uh, now that you have access to like most decks, run like four or five copies of a Dia. Yeah, because um, of the backup. Yeah, and you could pitch the backup to this S as well. And I mean, I've seen I've seen Death Resolved like three times in a match, and you're probably mm-hmm. not winning that. <laughs> you're probably just going to oh, lose. Absolutely. So. I mean, and it just straight breaks a forward. I mean, those are those tend to be the best. Um, you yeah, know, other than like removing, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, and speaking of which, like my, my and then we're getting down to our last four here. Um, my top four I think are all just extremely powerful. And I think one of them my next one in particular, again, because turbo being gone, this one's gonna see start seeing a lot more uh, you know, play. And that's uh that's actually Mirage Dive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lock is a very powerful card, and I think now that turbo is gone, we're going to start seeing more of that six package come in. When you when you get to like five, six points of damage and there's a lock on the board, you, you I, I've never seen more people pick up break zones and look through them than when you see a lock on the board and he's in, you're, the game's about over. Because you just have to be like, does he have it? Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer for him. Sometimes, it, sometimes that Mirage dive, just the up and over, like he, it, it's like it's like a goal, just the goal line up and over, it, it's just such a powerful S ability it, it just, it just, this is another one that just wins you games.
1: Yeah, uh, Mirage dive didn't make my list, but I do think it definitely will see a resurgence as well, uh, especially now mm-hmm. that Turbo's out of the picture. Yep. Um, you know, there's no reason not to run the sixth package again. I think we'll see though, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I, I agree with you.
0: Mhm.
1: Uh, my number mm-hmm. four is, uh, is Death Penalty. Mm -hmm. um we kind of talked about this earlier i mean it's kind of like a lot of things not just the s itself which is very strong Uh, being able to break Mm -hmm. any combined cost of seven i mean Mm -hmm. you're you're probably going to kill at least two things most of the time if you get lucky and the the numbers line up you'll kill three things um you can do this while attacking if you have yuffie out you're probably running the five cp vincent which is a burst that searches for vincent so you're gonna usually have it. I mean, sure, it costs five, but it's five colorless CP. Uh, it's not like that, tied that's, to anything. So,
0: yeah, that is absolutely huge, and I, I I agree. I think it's a very very powerful thing. And again, once again, as, as the meta is gonna start to slow down a little bit, I think death penalty becomes a lot more playable. Yep. Yeah. So my number three, I think our top three might actually be pretty similar. My number three on the list is retrieve, and that's a Mog Eleven special. Mm-hmm. This 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 is one that is, I think, just straight up one of the most powerful in the game because it just lets you for for just the cost of another Moogle and tapping the backup Moogle, you get to search for any card in the game. And what's so great about it is is, you know, if if you maybe your draw was a little clunky, but you got one of those, go get the card you need. Or you hold it back, and it allows you to retrieve your answer. Like, like for example, say you've got you're playing Icewind. You have this, and you have Edward up, and you need the Edward to cancel something. You use the Moogle, go get the Edward, cancel that ride, and cancel that whatever, and you've just blown your opponent. Yeah, it's just such a such a powerful ability.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, so my number three is uh, Dark, which is uh, mm-hmm. Big Cecil's ability. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just really in conjunction with his auto, right? Like his his ATB. It's really backbreaking. And even like now we're looking at decks that want to damage themselves. Because of cards
0: like Noctis.
1: Yeah, and he just sort of starts that chain too. And again, like I think a theme with a lot of these S's that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, If they cost a lot, they better be doing a lot. And the other ones Mm -hmm. are like just an S. And this is one of those ones where it's like all you need to do this is another copy of Cecil. Yep, which he has a lot of them um, yeah so like you don't you don't need access to any backups open like none of that mm-hmm. all, all you got to do is pitch one from your hand and you're yep. gonna break something more than likely and then if you deal yourself with point, you know you deal yourself a point of damage and then like noctus triggers and all this other stuff like it mm-hmm. can get pretty crazy
0: absolutely all right so number two what is your number two
1: uh my number two is retrieve uh yeah I think I think Mog Eleven is nuts. I think the only thing I can think of that you didn't say on top of all, like basically what you said is spot on. Like you can hold it, wait for like till you need some kind of specific answer for a situation and get it out of your deck and then cast it. Um, but Star Sybil, the fact that that card exists and it's yeah. and it searches this card and and, it, and Star Sybil is a burst makes this card ext- even better because now once I'm set up and I have all my other Eleven stuff that I want out. If I've got my camp, I've got my Sybil, which you can't search for yourself anyways, but you got your semi, and you already have your Moogle on board, you just go get another Moogle, and then now your star Sybil essentially searches for any card that you want. Uh, yeah,
0: and that's really powerful. Yeah,
1: and and it's also... I Honestly, I don't know if it should have been instant speed. I think this maybe should have been an S that you could only do during your main or something like that.
0: Um, yeah, it's extremely powerful.
1: Yeah, the fact that it's instant speed creates situations, like you said, where you just hold up, like... For instance, uh, at Nats, I would just hold up Aerith and Mog. And if they did something that I felt like I needed to Aerith special, I would Mog special, go get Aerith, and then Aerith special and blow them out. Yeah.
0: So yeah. it's absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. it's kind of funny. Like R2 and 3 were flip flop. My number two is Dark. Um, and a lot of what you said was right on the money. And just the fact that, you know, I've had so many plays with this guy where I've like four for one, where I've played Cecil, killed something. Took or put, you know, if it was maybe a higher drop, I'd put the damage on the stack or put the trigger on the stack. S ability, take the point of damage, flip a burst, kill something else. Now knock this triggers, and then now I kill the thing that initially was targeted on the eats. Yep. So it just like just so many nasty, nasty plays with that card, and the fact that it does just cost S, and he's just a just you know big Cecil is just a very, very powerful card. And I think if you're playing Earth, you're running three of that guy. And just the fact that you can just threaten that in the mid to late game is just huge to me. It's just such a powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a, definitely a theme in our top three because I'm pretty sure we know what our number ones are. Um, oh, yeah,
0: I'll let you lead off <laughs> on this one. I'm 100% certain we both have the same number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, so it's a theme, obviously, right? Like all the S's in the top three just cost S and they do extremely dumb things. Yes, um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so obviously our number one, for both of us, there's gonna be Shoal, um, and that's a Lewis yep. special. Uh, it's got too much text for just S. Like it, it is,
0: I think it's it, it's it's too powerful.
1: Yeah. So like, not only does it reduce the power of all your opponents' forwards by two two k, um, it activates all your forwards and mm-hmm. gives all your forwards haste.
0: It's <laughs> I have I have never. Seen more blowout plays. I mean, when I I, I mean I'm, I I know we say blowout a lot with and a lot of these these S's we chose are blowout plays, but shoal shoal is like you're driving down the street and you hear your tire just fucking explode. That that's what shoal is because <laughs> you probably like it. It's one of those things that when your opponent has a Lua on the board and they have swung out and you're just like. I know they fucking have it. I know you have it. Yep. So you you have to now start playing around that. And sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just lose to that. And it costs them next to nothing.
1: It just it, like you said, it does too much, right? Like not only that, like it creates situations like that where now like I'm tapped out, but you know it's in my hand, and you can't oh, yeah. you still can't favorably attack. It also mm-hmm. lets you like Say, I mean, because Alua herself has haste, right? Mm -hmm. You you could like play Alua and like two other forwards or something in the one turn, Mm -hmm. and then Shoal, and now they all get to attack.
0: Like, yeah, like when you when you're at like three or four damage now, you have to be, and and Alua hits the board, you have to be worried about losing the game. Yep, and then fast card. Yeah, and then on
1: top of that, like just her card in general, right, is really dumb. She's already Mm -hmm. hard to get rid of. Um. Yeah, I mean, she has haste, and she has a really annoying auto ability. Um, mm-hmm. and and then on top of that, she has a cheap dumb S. So. Yeah, it, it's
0: just, it's just just super powerful, and they. I feel like no other S in the game can just compare to what that one brings to the table. So. But yeah, that's our top ten. Um, and you guys, you know, after while you're listening to this, sound off in the comments whatever you know platform you view this on sound off in the comments let us know your top excuse me we got a little air pocket there let us know your top 10 let us know what you think let us know where you think we may, maybe we missed one maybe we missed one that's super powerful and you know let us know why because we're actually going to be doing this for a while we're going to be doing our own little cycle of top 10s um each week just for you know just for kind of funsies and um you know i just want to see what people's you know thoughts are on this
1: yeah, I mean, this is a fun one because I feel like uh, there are a lot of S's people forget about. I mean, these ones, that oh, absolutely. We, yeah, the ones that we named, I think most people are pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a ton of S abilities that are pretty borderline playable. I think usually mm-hmm. it's either like their archetype is just not good enough so that card doesn't see play. Or mm-hmm. there's a card named them that doesn't have an S that's just better than the card with the S. So you don't really yep. see the S a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you mean but, like Jet. Well, that that's just bad. Honestly, (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me that you're he he like basically is going to lose power from using his S, and you have to spend for him. But that's whatever. Another time.
0: So it sounds like what you're saying is next week we should do the top ten worst S abilities. I mean, that's what I. We could do that.
1: Yeah, that's what I hear. You like celestial stasis? That's my
0: favorite. Yeah. Oh, that's the best one. (laughs) Yeah. It's the best, worst one. So, yeah, that's what we'll do. Next week, we'll do our top ten worst. And, uh, again, if sound off in the comments what you think your top ten S abilities are, because there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I'm sure our list will vary a lot, because uh, there's a pretty good amount of bad ones, I think.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. So, But, but yeah, I think that's all we got for this week. Um, it's, you know, a little bit of not, not a shorter episode, but definitely a little on the short side as far as, you know... Because it's just been a light week. It was mostly news, and, you know, I'm pretty exhausted from that tournament yesterday. It was just a great time. it a great day, but a long day. Yep. Yeah, so next week we'll, uh, you know, I think we're going to go over top ten worst summons. We're going to talk about the Supernova Cup, man. It's going to be another exciting week.
1: Top ten worst S-abilities or summons?
0: Yeah. Top, oh, sorry. Top ten worst S-abilities. I, I'm already I'm already thinking ahead here. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're gonna do that. We just, you know, just got a lot going on, man. So you know, be on the lookout. All of our set reviews are out. So you know, feel free to look at those, comment, like, feel, you know, let us know what you think of those. And then we're just gonna start getting into some Opus Seven deck techs, man. We got a lot, lot coming down the pipe.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of ideas. I'm sure you do too. Um,
0: we're gonna try oh, to man. make
1: as many videos as we can on those.
0: Absolutely, and also, you know. We got our uh, our next episode of the Breakfast Club happening on Nationals weekend, oh sorry, on Worlds weekend, which is what 2 weeks from now.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's we got, we got a lot lot coming down the pipe, so definitely stay tuned. But um, you know, with that, I'm probably going to go ahead and si- play us off keyboard cat.
1: <laughs> All right, see you guys later.
0: Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.